That's your AccuWeather forecast. I'm Holly Holdren for AM860, The Answer. All right, Doc. Good morning, sir. Good morning. How you doing? I'm Jack? doing just fine, thank you. Incoming. That's right. <laughs> so uh, we've got the Russians now with, uh, I think they're down to about five or 6,000 nuclears. And uh, about 1,500 of them are uh, tactical. They'll go about 10,000 miles. So if you, if you know of a launch, the best thing to do is to get Elon Musk to shoot you so that you're up one of his rockets so you're 10,000 miles away at least. <laughs> And then you'll be okay. Okay, Doc. <laughs> so, <laughs> problem, is, problem is, Eli, doesn't, he doesn't return my phone calls. No, he doesn't. He doesn't care about you, does he? I don't think so. No, not too much. <laughs> I just don't know how to get Pryor back on, but that's okay. So we we got to talk about the weapons of mass destruction that uh, <clears throat> that the Russians have. They've got tens of thousands of tons of chemical warfare. And the uh, the Secretary General of NATO said that he's concerned that they're going to use those and that they're, they're trying to build a case. So I don't know what's going on. But it certainly looks scary to me. Well, Saad used them in um, Syria. So, you know, I'm um, not too hopeful he'll hold back. If he wants to, he'll he'll use them. Well, they used the apparently they did use that in uh, the uh, in the Syrian war. So, yeah, it's a mess. it's a mess over there. That's why I'm glad I live here. I'm glad you live here too. <laughs> where we it's, have where we have bunkers. <laughs> we got bunkers, baby. Do we have bunkers still? <laughs> I don't even know we had them. I think a bunker right now is any basement you can get to. And not a lot of basements in Florida, so. We got Pryor Smith with us this morning. Pryor, as many of you know, is a world-renowned newscaster from Canada, and he has a show down here in the winter called Canada Calling that we sponsor, and it airs in our market on uh, this station. So uh, we're pleased to have him. He does a five-minute news show for the Canadian Nationals who are down here. And we have how many down here? on annual, on average, prior? Well, last year there were none. <laughs> <laughs> and if the Russians had their way, there won't be any at all ever. <laughs> no, on an average uh, year, they tell us that there's about 3 million Canadians in Florida during the wintertime. And for the past 67 years, those Canadians have been tuning in this little radio program called Canada Calling. And I've had the pleasure of hosting it each day throughout the winter for the last, believe it or not, 45 years. Wow. <laughs> you think you, you think I'd get pretty good at it by now, wouldn't you? Yeah, you you must be uh, one of the longest broadcasting guys in the state. I believe that there are only two people in Florida that have been on the air longer than I have. Uh, Jack Harris over at WFLA and a fellow who works at WGUL. Roger P. Schulman, I think, has been on maybe about a year longer than me. Roger's a good guy. And that's it. That's and, the it. Canadi- and the Canadian guy is number three, I believe. So you were going to give us some breaking news from up in Canada that's even bigger than uh, than what's going on in Europe. What's going on? Up- oh, well, let's not talk about the European thing for a little while. I just can't cope with all the madness that's going on over there. Uh, d- today's a big day here in Ontario. Uh, It's a big day because the mask mandate is being dropped and wearing a mask now is a personal choice matter as opposed to a government edict. And the second but most important thing is, as of today, if you live in Ontario, you don't have to pay 120 bucks a year to renew your license plate sticker. There you go. That is a good thing, dude. Now, how how, how can you tell that there's a provincial election coming up three months from now? You know, I may just move up there to get that $120 saving. Well, it, it's been enough to drive us crazy for years and years and years. We have to we have to go through this routine once a year of spending 120 bucks to get a little sticker. The little sticker fits in the top right-hand corner of your license plate. It's wafer thin. I don't know what glue they use, but when you put it on, you never get it off. And so 
the license plate we have on one of our cars, we have had circulating through cars for about almost 30 years. And the little stickers are now about a quarter of an inch thick on the license plate. Well, <clears throat> as, as of today, we don't have to buy these damn stickers anymore and go through a, an expenditure of 120 bucks each year to do it. Well, I'm, I'm glad to hear that prior. You know, I was talking with one of your countrymen who was in the office this week. Uh, we did some minor surgery on him, and he said he's going home to have some Crown Royal. And I said, well, what's it cost? And he said, down here, 20 bucks. Canada, 65. Said, Are you serious? Yeah. Well, no, nobody ever said that living in Canada was cheap. No. Don't go to Canada for a shopping trip. No, unless, uh, well... Well, see, you have to temper that. If you're spending American dollars, it's a free ride up here because you've got an exchange rate right now of what, about 30, 30, about 32 cents on the dollar? Bill, it's, it's uh, it, it, you know, we've been shopping in Canada, as you know, off and on for, for two, three decades now. And uh, yeah. we, I mean, food and, and uh, dinner out and all that's cheaper. But when you go shopping for clothes or dry goods or... Yeah. Uh, it ain't it ain't cheaper, Betty. Yep. No, exactly. You but there are there, but there are certain advantages to spending an American dollar in Canada. What's that? Uh, the thirty percent exchange rate. Yeah. That yeah, like for food and restaurants. It's, yep. Even with the thirty percent exchange rate, it is uh, still more much more expensive than yeah, the United States. Yeah. That's the way it goes. So that's why everybody comes down to Florida. First of all, the gas is cheaper. Uh, the food's about the same prices in Canada. And, of course, all the dry goods are cheaper. It's just an economy of scale. I mean, you got yeah. 340 million people down here buying, and you got 34 million up there buying. So we can buy – you buy a pair of uh, – you know, you buy a million blue jeans. It's going to cost you 10 bucks. We buy them, and they cost 5 bucks. So we can stop. That's right. Well, for, for example, the – Price of gasoline in British Columbia today. Uh, my oldest son lives in Saanichton, British Columbia, which is just north of Victoria on the island, and they're paying two fifteen a liter, not a gallon, but a liter. And how many liters in a gallon? I don't want to think about it. <laughs> about eight dollars a gallon. <clears throat> yep. There right. you go. That is unbelievable. Yep. Well, I, I paid almost five dollars a gallon down yesterday for premium when I filled up. So it's it's getting out of hand, really. Yep. We, need, we need to overthrow these left-wing loonies and uh, <laughs> some sanity. You know, and the crazy part about it is, next to Saudi Arabia, Canada has more oil and gas than anybody else in the world, I think. Yet it's oh, all yeah. sitting there. We don't do anything with it. We don't have the pipelines to ship it. And, and, and Joe won't let you build any. Well, yeah, he got it. Very first thing he did when he got into office was kill the Keystone XL pipeline, which wasn't good for us, and I don't think it's very good for the U.S. either. No, that's not good at all. I mean, it's just ridiculous. And they want us to use electricity, but there ain't, there ain't no batteries. You can't even. I mean, even if you could build an electric car, there's not enough electric batteries. There's not enough charging stations. The infrastructure's not here yet. Well, exactly. That's why, you know, they want us all to convert to quote unquote renewables. Every time I turn around, Prime Minister Trudeau is talking about renewables. Well, let me know when the renewables are working. I'll be more than happy to work with you on them. Yeah, that's the same with my sisters. And my sister said, don't you think we should go all electric? And I said, yeah, but how are you going to do it without electricity? It's that's great. Right. <laughs> what are you going to do? How are you going to handle this? And, uh, but they, they don't have an answer yet. It's like at the turn of the last century when the automobile was coming in, people didn't go out and kill all their horses. No. They transitioned slowly. You know, the there was an attrition. Horses died. Uh, breeding went down as the cars went up. And, uh, you know, that's the same thing. We, we have to have a, a program of attrition of the gasoline engines. And you can't just do it all at once and say, well, that's the end of gas. That's the end of carbon-based fuel. Yeah. Well, still, the world has to generate energy in plants, and most of the world plants are still using uh, power plants are still using hydrocarbon fuel, coal, That's right, gas, 
you know, it's just the way it is. And um, if you want to switch over, uh, go to nuclear, uh, go to uh, wind and all that, that's fine with me. But do it. I mean, you, you, you can't just say, well, we're going to do it. In the meantime, we want you to pay $100 million a gallon for gas. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Bill, why don't you tell us what you really think about that situation? You know, here's the sad thing. That you know, the Museum of Modern Art in New York City, MoMA, they call yeah. it lovingly. <laughs> Some guy had his had his uh, MoMA card canceled. You know, you can you can get a membership card, and they have movies and special events and pre showings and all that. So he was, I guess, a little crazy and disruptive, and so they canceled his card. So he goes over to MoMA, jumps over the counter, and stabs two women that are working yeah. behind the counter. <laughs> It's not even safe to go to MoMA anymore. <laughs> I know. The, the, the world's kind of upside down, isn't it? You know, I, I live a considerable distance outside of Toronto, and I have to drive into Toronto every now and again. Well, with an electric car, I can get there. The only problem is I can't get back. That's, that's right, because you can't charge. That's right. <laughs> I don't know. What do, you, what do you do? Well, I think that it's a good thing that we continue to build the infrastructure and at the same time inject some sanity into this. I put $100 down on the uh, on the Ford Lightning F-150, the all-electric pickup truck, and uh, they said it would be available at the spring of 2022. Well, I just got an email, and they said, we're really sorry, but it might be a year or two before we can get to your order uh, because we've got $250,000, and they don't have the parts. They That's don't right. They don't, don't have the, the, the chips or whatever they need. It's just not there. Well, it's, can, the same, it's the same thing with that brand new Cadillac Lyric. They're taking orders right now. Well, you can take the orders. The only problem is you have to fulfill the orders. I know. It's it's great to say we're building these, but if you if you can only build, uh, you know, 50,000 and you got 250,000 people that want it and there's that demand and they put orders in, well, you're not going to get very far like that. That's only a fifth of, uh, you've only fulfilled a fifth of the orders. I mean, it's, yep. it doesn't make any sense, but uh, I mean, I understand that they can't do what they can't do, but again, it just doesn't make any sense to, to try to uh, force us not to use gasoline and not to use coal. I mean, it's just craziness. And then there's the issue of the chips. You'd wonder why we would allow all the chip manufacturers, or I shouldn't say all, but a vast majority of the chip manufacturers to be in Taiwan. Wouldn't it be nice if we could make some chips here? Well, you know, the, the, the thing is, is we do make the very, very high-end chips that you used in, like in, in, in uh, the high-class military equipment and in the supercomputers that, that uh, look at the weather and do data and statistics. But the, the average everyday Joe chip, we don't make enough of, but we import them from Taiwan. That's it's right. Fabulous. You know, why don't we... You know, why don't we just bring Taiwan over to our side of the Pacific? Make, make them the 52nd state. We could just, yeah. Is there some way we can kind of loosen up their, their, their attachment to the, to the Pacific Rim? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay, can I talk about something that just happened on Friday? What's that? The beginning of Canadian March school break. Yeah. Now, that is a big deal because... Uh, all winter. This has been a brutal winter. Uh, it, it's been cold. It's been snowy. We had to have our road plowed again yesterday because what four inches of snow yesterday. Yesterday was what March the 12th. In any event, it's been a long, long cold winter. So everybody looks forward to the March break. And even though we're still coming out of this pandemic thing slowly, you couldn't move at the airport in Toronto for people flying south to Florida on Friday. And so for the next two weeks, uh, of course, we in Canada can never get our act together on the March breaks. There are different timetables everywhere. But here in Ontario, the March break began on Friday. So wall to wall in Florida next week, you'll see nothing but Canadians running around and uh, soaking up a little bit of sun for the first time in, what, five months, six months? Yeah. yeah. Well, well, hopefully they won't have all their clothes off. Because well, I hope not. We're proper people down here, so. I certainly hope so. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, at any rate, I got to tell you, we were in Germany years ago on a trip in Munich, and uh, and so the sun came out. 
honest to God, the sun came out and we're driving across the bridge on the little river there. And we look down and there's thousands of people there, Germans, and they're all naked. I mean, buck naked. So <laughs> I was like, what's going on? Well, I guess vitamin D is a rare commodity there. So they, you know. Yeah. Well, in some, you know, in some very few select cases, that might be a good thing. But I would think the vast majority of them it isn't a good thing. No, I, <laughs> we're like, wait a minute, <laughs> what's wrong with this picture? Yeah, but uh, it's fascinating. So, at any rate, did you know that we're seizing uh, Iranian oil tankers? I did not know that. We grabbed one down in the Bahamas a few weeks ago. I guess they're. Uh, this is our way of saying that they can't uh, violate the uh, the trade embargo that we have on them. Yeah. I, I didn't know that we were seizing their vessels. Did you know that? I, I hadn't. I have trouble keeping track of who's seizing what these days. I really don't know. Well, by the way, if you are coming down to Florida or if you're here and you're listening to the show and you're Canadian, American, German, whatever, don't forget Dr. Bill has a wonderful well-equipped medical clinic and we're at 727-384-6411 727-384-6411 and speaking of seizing prior uh, billionaire russian billionaire andrei melchenko melchenko he had his yacht seized by the italians right so must be the season for seizing things well uh see mr roman abramovich former owner of the Chelsea football team and God knows what else. He had wind that something was going to happen. So he got his super yacht out of where it was parked. And he's now apparently got it cruising in international waters so they can't seize it. Didn't he own uh, one of the uh, soccer clubs over in, in, in England? Yes, Chelsea. Chelsea, that's it, Chelsea. Okay, yep. so he's and a he's, bit... He's, a poured bit. O- he's poured over $2 billion into Chelsea and now he's walking away with nothing from it. Yeah, I think the the the, uh, the British government took it from him, didn't they? Uh, he offered it up to the board of directors uh, to sell, and the British government said, "Fine, see ya." And he's he's one of the Russian oligarchs that's been backing Putin on all of this. Yeah. Yep. And he apparently, over the years, he bought Chelsea. I think it was in two thousand and three. And he has poured over $2 billion into that football club. It's won all kinds of awards and everything else. It's one of the most famous football clubs in the world. And now he's being pushed out, or not being pushed out, but he's walking away and he's lost everything. Oh, well. That's too bad. Yeah. <laughs> We're sorry for you, guy. <laughs> yeah, so he's got, his, he's got his yacht cruising around in international waters somewhere, so it can't be seized, but sooner or later it's going to run out of fuel, and then what do you do? You, uh, I guess, scuttle it so nobody can get it. And I guess. Get all your gold off of it first. Well, one thing I can assure our listeners, and I can assure you, is I don't ride around in a super yacht. Well, I don't either, and you know what? I'm not sure I want that headache of taking care of something like that and having to worry about it. But I guess if you're worth, you know, forty, fifty billion, it doesn't really matter anyway. Nope. What I ride around in, as you may know, is I'm into antique boats, and I've been restoring antique boats as a hobby for about thirty-five years. And what I ride around in is a 1921 disappearing propeller boat, and I put about oh, seven or eight dollars worth of gas in it in April, and I top it up with another maybe ten dollars worth of gas in August. That's what I cruise around in. And you have fun. And I've been up to Pryor's house. He lives on the lake up north of Peterborough. Uh, Just beautiful country up there. I guess you call that North Ontario, huh? But uh, it's really kind of middle Ontario. Yeah, it's, it's, well, it's, 120 miles northeast of Toronto. It's a lake district known as the Kawartha Lakes. And I ride around in my little dispro, my disappearing propeller boat. And if you've never heard of one of those, you can go online and you can Google dispro, D-I-S-P-R-O, which is short for disappearing propeller boats. And you can see what Pryor rides around in. Very cool. And we drove around up there, Pryor and I did. And there's how many different locks? There's, what, 26 different locks all the way from... 
northern Ontario down to the Great Lakes, and you can get to the Atlantic or the Mississippi or wherever. I don't know. It goes all over the place. I think there's 41 locks in the Trent Severn Waterway, and I'm at lock uh, 27. 41. Yeah, and you can go down uh, the Trent Severn right into Lake Ontario. Then you can go down the Erie Barge Canal to New York, and you can go out to the world. You can go anywhere from my dock. Of course, it, it, it'd take you a couple of years to get through all those locks, but it'd be pleasant. Oh, it's a real fun trip. And matter of fact, many boaters in Florida do the Trent Severn and the Rideau Canal systems in Ontario because they're among the, the most beautiful lock systems in the world. I guess you could even get down to Lake Michigan and uh, go through the uh, Chicago River down to the Mississippi and make it down to New Orleans for dinner. Well, I'm telling you, uh, we see an awful lot of American boats going right by our dock here during the summertime. And what they do is they leave Florida, they go up the inland routes, uh, or not inland, but the intercoastal routes to New York. They get into the Erie Barge Canal or go up the, uh, the Mohawk River and the Erie Barge Canal. They get into Lake Ontario. They do the Trent Severn up to Lake Huron. They go from Lake Huron into Lake Michigan. They go down into Chicago through the Chicago Canal. They get into the Mississippi. They go down the Mississippi. They cross over on the Gulf of Mexico back to Florida, and it takes them the entire summer to do it. That's like the Great Circle. It sure is. That's pretty cool. That's pretty Yes, Yes, sir. Well, meanwhile, um, we have uh, Putin locked up one of his one of his uh, guys who who was planning the war in the Ukraine. Now he's under house arrest. I guess I guess he didn't do a very good job, and Putin's upset with him. Yeah, no, he was a little displeased, and he dressed him down in public before he locked him up. Yeah. And did you know Zelensky? You know he was uh, a Russian Jew. Did you know that the president of Ukraine? Yeah, which I, I find it very difficult to understand how Putin can describe Ukraine as being run by a bunch of Nazis when the guy who's running the country is Jewish. And a socialist. I, I can't figure it. A former TV actor, a comedian. He's poking it. He's he's pointing the finger at Germany. He's saying, this is what's going to happen if you mess with me. Because, you know, the, 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 we, we all, the world thinks of, of Nazis as Germans. Because Nazism was the extreme of fascism, with the uh, with the uh, racism and the anti-Semitic and the the Uber race and all that. Yeah, he's he's pointing a finger at Germany when he says that, and, and he's justifying to his own people, since everybody remembers in the collective memory of Russia that that the uh, fight for the motherland was against the Nazis from Germany. Germany. Yeah. Well, you know, one thing that most people don't realize, and I, I had this, I mentioned this on Canada calling a week or two ago, is that there are more Ukrainians living in Canada than anywhere else in the world outside of Ukraine and Russia. Wow. A little known fact. Uh, but with the uh, uh, Canadian Ukrainians, Ukrainian Canadians, what are, what are they saying? Do you hear anything from them? Uh, not very pleased. Yeah. There, are a, there are a lot of Ukrainians across the prairies, uh, Winnipeg, especially around the Edmonton area of Alberta. It's wall-to-wall Ukrainian there, and it has been for decades. But it, it's a fact of life in Canada. There are uh, Ukrainians, Polish people. Matter of fact, my high school prom date back in the 60s was Polish. Her mother was Polish. Her father was Ukrainian. And wow. we, we think nothing of it. Yeah. Well, my... Mother's parents were from Poland, and uh, so I've got a little bit of that Slavic blood in me, and my heart strings are tugged on a bit when I see uh, Slovaks beating up on Slovaks. There's no reason for that. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. I, I, I just find the whole thing beyond maddening. I just I can't comprehend it to, to save my soul. Well, you I've been saying that uh, this looks a lot like pre-World War II with uh, Biden appeasing uh, Putin and saying, well, they take a little bit of the Ukraine. That's not a big deal. And and people saying, oh, Putin's just grandstanding when he's putting all these troops on the border. Yeah, right. You, you move 150, 200,000 men uh, onto the border and you got to feed and house and, and uh, clothe them and you got medical care. 
and you've got to get tanks down there and all that. You think he's doing it just, just for show? I kept saying for months now, I've been saying, this is not a show. This guy's no. he's going to invade the Ukraine. And if he can get away with this, he's going to go after the Baltics. He'll be after Estonia, Latvia, and Lithuania. And they're, they're worried, and I don't blame them. Yep, and right after he takes those, he'll be after Poland too. And and uh, and the Finns are upset. You know, they they defeated the Germans back in in uh, I mean the Russians back in World War II. Uh, they were semi allied with the Nazis, but they they were an independent country, of course, and they they didn't send any troops to fight. I don't think, uh, or not many, into the Russian uh, into the uh, German Russian front. But they fought a, a hell of a up there in the cold tundra and they won yeah they're hey. a, they're a tough bunch hey guys we want to take a quick break we got some news we can do here if you want to grab a cup of coffee we got news we got some news and we got oh, dr right. bill dr bill your radio md at 727-384-6411 727-384-6411 we'll be right back i am dr bill your radio md With SRN News, I'm Michael Harrington in Washington. Russia escalating attacks in western Ukraine today, striking a military base where its troops had trained with NATO forces and bringing the conflict closer to Poland and other members of the bloc. The Ukrainians say over 30 cruise missiles were fired at the base located 19 miles northwest of the regional hub of Lviv, killing at least 35 people and wounding more than 100. Tens of thousands of people expected to gather today in cities across Europe to protest against the ongoing war in Ukraine. Small rallies also took place in Russia as well, despite a crackdown by authorities against such demonstrations. And Iran is claiming responsibility for a missile barrage today that struck near a sprawling U.S. consulate complex in the northern Iraqi city of Erbil. No one was injured. This is SRN News. If you Dr. Bill for Bay Area Medical, located at 6399 38th Avenue North in St. Pete, 727-384-6411, 727-384-6411. Full service clinic with x-ray, heart imaging, ultrasound, stress testing, and minor surgery. We provide quality health care in a warm and friendly atmosphere. We are multilingual, well-trained, and certified. Most American insurance and new patients accepted. Bay Area Medical, home of can care, 727-384-6411. 727-384-6411. Dr. Bill here. With social distancing and sheltering in place, telemedicine is here. Bay Area Medical Home of Can Care Clinic offers telemedicine for new and established patients. You can see me without an office visit. Schedule an appointment at 727-384-6411. 727-384-6411. When it's time for your appointment, type this web address into your cell phone or computer web browser, doxy.me forward slash Bay Area Med. A cell phone works well and is all you really need. For computers, you need a web camera and speakers. We'll give you this address when you call for your appointment. We accept most insurances and travel insurances. Canadians and visitors, please call your travel insurance company for an authorization number prior to the visit. Co-pays and deductibles apply. Self-pay rates are available. Just ask. We accept credit cards, PayPal, and Stripe. 727-384-6411. 727-384-6411. Dr. Bill here. My friends at St. Pete MRI and Sleep Diagnostics are your best choice for state-of-the-art MRI, CT, and sleep studies. Quality unsurpassed. 25 years experience makes St. Pete MRI my go-to imaging center. Self-pay rates are competitive and out-of-pocket cost a fraction of a hospital. Conveniently accessible from both sides of the bay at 750 94th Avenue North, St. Pete, near the Gandhi, 727-577-2220, 727-577-2220. Hi, I'm Al Aberroa, founder of Night Strategic Wealth. Inflation is picking up, markets are volatile, and the dream of a comfortable retirement is harder to attain than ever before. Nobody wants to run out of money in retirement. That's why I'm going to share something that your financial advisor doesn't want you to know. With our investment strategy, when the stock market goes up, you earn a market-linked return that locks in every year. And when the stock market goes down, your investments won't lose a dime. There are no unnecessary fees, and it works for your investments, money to brokerage firm, or even money at a bank. It's simple, it's safe, and that's why savvy investors work with us. Want to learn more? Text FREE to 833-898-0500, and we'll send our retirement readiness kit directly to your phone right now. 
If you want to help build a retirement portfolio that will go up with the market and never lose money, get our Retirement Readiness Kit today and see how this strategy can help secure your future. Text FREE to 833-898-0500. Text FREE to 833-898-0500. Dennis Prager here. I'd like to invite you to join me and many other like-minded patriots for an evening of quality cigars and lively conversation coming up March 29th at Davidoff of Geneva in Tampa. It's the Great American Cigar Tour, and it's probably needed this year more than ever. We'll have fun and engage in candid conversation with zero chance of anyone getting canceled. That's Tuesday evening, March 29th, starting at 7. This is a VIP-exclusive event event and seating is limited so reserve yours today at the answer tampa.com sponsored by davidoff of geneva in tampa am 860 the answer online at the answer tampa.com odyssey here is your exclusive AccuWeather forecast. We'll have plenty of sunshine today, but cooler with a high of 69. Then clear to partly cloudy skies tonight with a low of 55. Pleasant day tomorrow with partly sunny skies. High on Monday, 79. Then mostly cloudy tomorrow night, low 65. Thunderstorms in the area Tuesday afternoon through Tuesday evening. That's your AccuWeather forecast. I'm Holly Holdren for AM860, The Answer. Incoming, incoming doc. <laughs> I'm back. I'm Doc Phil, and we got Pryor, and of course Ken's by my side. Are you still there, Ken? You uh, all right, buddy? I am enjoying the conversation. Pryor, are you there? <clears throat> I think I'm here. Yes, sir. Well, you know, at your age, that's that's a big uh, that's a big step up, bud. That you <laughs> you think you're there. <laughs> well, I'll tell you. Speaking of imaging, uh, you were promoting an imaging place a couple of minutes ago. Uh, back in 2018, April of 2018, I had to have my right hip replaced, and things didn't quite go right. And so one year later, one year to the week, I had to have it done again. And tomorrow morning, I have to be down at the orthopedic hospital in downtown Toronto for my once-every-two-years imaging to find out if my new hip is still where it's supposed to be. Well, you know, I, I tease Pryor about this because he's always uh... – He's always uh, pushing the Canadian healthcare system and how wonderful it is. And so <laughs> it's hipped up, and then about a year later, it came loose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you, I was like, well, you know, you you know the, okay, can I tell you about my little story with my hip? Uh, I, had, I had my hip done when I was, what, 74, I guess it was. Yeah. And they put it in the way they normally put it in, but they didn't glue it in <clears throat> because the, the new shank of the artificial hip is supposed to fuse with the femur well in my case it didn't fuse and if i had known at the age that i had it done that it could have been quote cemented as they call it i would have said cemented yeah well and, that's why i said you should come down to the states and get it done prior to <laughs> <laughs> all i can tell you is i'm i'm sitting in the uh, hospital bed recovering from my hip revision as it was called and the doctor came in, to, the surgeon came in to see how I was doing. And I said, I'm doing fine. I said, just by the way, uh, it's cemented in. What kind of cement do you use? And he said, well, it's basically three-minute epoxy. <laughs> I said, I said I've, I've been restoring antique wooden boats for 35 years, and I use three-minute wooden epoxy. Had I known, I would have asked you to use it initially. You should have brought your own, dude. That's right. Yeah, you got but, plenty up at the house. You should have brought it down there. Yeah, I've I've got all kinds of it here, and had had I known it could have been done that way the first time, then I wouldn't have had to go through it the second time. So, uh, you, you know, we see a lot of Canadians in the winter, and we have really very sick Canadians coming in. Uh, people in congestive heart failure, kidney stones, and renal failure, and uh, new onset uh, diabetes. And, pick up cancers every year. Had one guy walk uh, a couple of years ago and he was having an acute heart attack and we had to call the EMS, of course. But uh, they're always amazed when I, I say, well, you need a chest X-ray. And they're, well, how long do I have to wait? And what do you mean, wait? We, we, we'll do it in the office. We got our own X-ray machine. You know, up in, up in St. John's, Newfoundland, we have to wait a month. Up in yeah. Halifax, we have to wait two weeks. And I'm well, you ain't in Canada. This ain't no third world country, dude. And so, like, how long does it take to get a CT or an MRI? I said, we'll have you scheduled tomorrow. They're just amazed. They're amazed. They're like, 
how can you do that? And I said, because we have more MRI and CT scanners in Pinellas County, Florida, than all of Ontario. Yeah, it's true. It's, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. Yep. Uh, that's, that's the facts, Jack. And anybody who thinks our healthcare system is not that great uh, doesn't know what they're talking about prior. We have the cheapest, if you're self-pay, we have the cheapest healthcare system in the world. Yep. No, there, there is no question about it. The one thing I will say in the defense of the Canadian system is when you really desperately need something, it's there and it's there right away. But if it's not something that isn't desperately needed right away, you wait. Yeah, you'll and wait. you wait. And you wait. <laughs> but that's the way it is. The problem with that is, is that when the government decides what is desperately needed, then you're turning over a lot of power. And uh, you're giving you're giving a central government, which is why we broke away from from England. You know, we were the uppity youngster that at home when we were teenagers. You guys waited around till you were what old age, and yeah. mom picked you out in the fifties. And the, you you know prior that the the Canadians didn't want to be independent; they still wanted to be part of England. And well, we're, we're we're such a nice, friendly group that we don't like to offend anybody. <laughs> That's true. And since you guys are so nice, we'd like to send you in first when we uh, attack Omaha Beach. <laughs> have the Canadians go in and see if they can make make nice with the Germans and have a cup of tea. Well, I'll tell you, that's a little story that's brewing right now. Where D-Day landed at Juneau Beach, believe it or not, this is a true story and it's been unfolding over the last couple of days. It turns out there's a Canadian war uh, museum there at Juneau Beach in France. And right next to it, a French developer who's got a uh, very close connection with the local mayor somehow got permission to put up a whack of condominiums on the beach. Well, the Canadian Legion found out about this, and a whole bunch of veterans groups found out about this, and they are now fighting as of the last couple of weeks to try and preserve the area next to the museum, one of the most historic sites in the history of the world. And some clown developer in France wants to build a bunch of condos there. So how that much, big fight, so that big fight is unfolding as of right now. Do you know what? The, how much are they going to go for? Do you know? I might be. <laughs> I I don't know, I don't know, but you know, because nothing's sacred anymore. Could we not save a little bit of beach, where hundreds and hundreds of Canadians and other forces died, trying to save the French and trying to save the rest of Europe? But that's a true story, and it's been unfolding over the last couple of weeks. Well, that, you know, we, we do need to, to pressure France to uh, step in and, and stop this guy from doing that, because that is a big piece of history. And I understand. I haven't been to, uh, been to the coast there yet. I've been to other parts of France. But I understand that the people are just delighted to have Canadians and Americans come over and, and oh. history. And then some, because let's call a spade a spade. We saved their bacon. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, and hundreds of us died on the beach just trying to get onto the beach. And yeah. this clown wants to build a bunch of condos there. Well, we've got dynamite, so we can go over there and we can invade again and blow him up. How about that? Uh, it, it's an absolutely stunning, stunning spot if you've ever seen it. But wouldn't you think? given the history and everything else associated with that, that maybe we could have a memorial park or something set up there? Yeah, I think that would be a good idea. And how many Canadians died in the, when when we uh, stormed the beaches of Normandy? That was... Uh, on D-Day, on D-Day, I believe 356 Canadians died. Yeah, and I think the United States, we lost, what, two, three, four, five thousand, somewhere in there. I can't remember the exact number. Yeah, I think it was 356 Canadians died on the beach that day, and this guy wants to build a whack of condominiums. Boy, oh boy. Zelensky's lost 1,300 men since the start of the Russian invasion. Yep. By the way, Mr. Zelensky has been invited to address the Canadian House of Commons. The House of Commons gets back to business tomorrow after a couple of weeks' break, and he's supposed to be addressing the Commons Tuesday, Tuesday afternoon, I believe it is. And so we'll be interested in seeing what he's got to say. Yeah, and uh, he has asked for aid, and the, the Polish offered him some older MiG fighter jets. And I think uh, Biden put the 
put the Knicks on that because he thought that would be too provocative. I mean, come on, we're already supplying them with Stinger missiles and anti-tank missiles and, and small arms and flak jackets. I mean, what's the difference? What's what's one more step? Yeah, what's one more step? I mean, we're going to be at a world war here shortly if we don't step up. Anyway. Yeah. Can, can we talk about something more refreshing? Uh, what's the Canadian business and your visitor business been like so far this winter season, which is now going to be in peak season starting tomorrow? It's been better this year. Of course, it has not reached the the heights of the pre-pandemic. But uh, this past week, we were really busy. I mean, we were we were we were pounding the floors back and forth, and uh, it, it was a good week in terms of of our business. A bad week for Canadians and Americans. But yeah. uh, but that that's the way it is. I mean, humans get sick and they get and they eventually they die. So they got to go get some help here every now and then. And, well, all I, all I can tell you is, and I'll blow your horn for you because I know you're reluctant to do so, Dr. Bill's office in St. Pete is renowned here in Canada. It's, it's the only doctor's office I've ever heard of that people talk about during the summertime. You, it, you, get to, you get together with a bunch of people in this general neck of the woods where I am, and somehow during the, winter, or during the summer when we get together for a little picnic or something, Invariably, somebody talks about how Dr. Bill came to the rescue and they drove all the way up from Sarasota or they drove all the way from Dunedin or wherever. But uh, Dr. Bill's office, for those of you who are unfamiliar with it, it's a legend amongst Canadians. And that's a good thing. Uh, I think Newfoundland, I think especially the Maritime provinces, I think we have helped to force uh, them to uh, increase their their presence of medical care and physicians and update and upgrade. I got a story to tell you prior years ago, I was sending a patient back to, I think it was St. John's, uh, had been septic, had had you know, bacteria in their blood and very sick. And uh, so I was handing the patient off as we're supposed to do. And I called the doctor up at the hospital in St. John's and told him what was going on. And he said, what antibiotic do you have him on? I said, cefepime. He said, what's that? <laughs> and it's, it's, a, it's a fourth generation cephalosporin. He says, we don't have that up here. <laughs> so I think that it's been a good thing, not only for me to be uh, noticed and have some notoriety, but also to push the Canadians to uh, improve their health care system. And I'm not saying that it's a bad system. Uh, it it does, a, a, does the job that Canadians want it to do, but uh, it does need to be like anything else in life, you know, sometimes you got to give it a little shove to get it moving. Just because you're on the right track doesn't mean you can stop. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You might get run over by the train coming behind you, so you got to keep moving and, and progressing. And and so uh, I, I think of all the things I've done in my life, uh, influencing the healthcare systems in the United States and in uh, Canada and in different parts of the world. It's been one of the most fulfilling things for me that I've, I feel like I've, I've actually added something meaningful to humanity. And I, I tell you, even in China, people would find out I was a doctor and, you know, they're, they're, we had an interpreter guide with us and they, they'd want me to hold their babies prior. They want my chi. They, they think that if, if a doctor holds their baby, their baby will get some of his chi and that baby will grow up and be a doctor. And I don't know, it may be true. Um, you know, I think the the notion, the idea that a, a physician uh, is interested in you and cares about you and shows some support and some aid to you, that that, that gives people, a new, you know, a little boost of energy, it gives them a, a, a hug and a kiss, so to speak. Well, I think that more and more we're going to see development of private clinics uh, in Canada. There are There are some... Uh, right now, but I think that given this pandemic and the backlog in surgeries, the, the backlog in surgeries is unbelievable. Um, I think you're going to see more and more the government will support the idea of expanding private clinics because that, that's that's the only way to go. Well, yeah, you've got to have some competition. Uh, competition drives business. The problem we're having down here in the States is that as the government steps in and does more and more to uh, control and by the, by the probably highly regulated industry in the United States, although people don't realize that, the more they do that, uh, 
the more people are leaving private practice and they're going into what they call concierge medicine. So they don't take insurance. You have to pay $2,500 or $5,000 a year. And then you've got your doctor on call and everything in the office is covered. And then he gives you a, a receipt for your, for your bill and you file it with your insurance or Medicare. But uh, what's happening is these guys are, and gals are only taking, you know, several hundred patients. So before that, to make a living, they were seeing a thousand and now they're seeing 500. Well, you immediately have a decrease in the number of available doctors, yeah. just, you know, a virtual decrease. <clears throat> Young kids coming out now prior, they don't want to and like I did in my generation, they want a nine to five job. They want to work five days a week. I can't say as I blame them, but, uh, you know, it's morphing into uh, virtually a, a, a decreasing number of doctors in the United States. Now, maybe we don't need doctors. Maybe the computers will take over. But until that happens, uh, I hear it all the time. People, they can't find a doctor. They can't find a doctor in, in Nova Scotia. They can't find a doctor in, in Newfoundland. Uh, they have to wait a long time if they're anywhere outside of Toronto. Toronto, you can get better health care. Ottawa, you can get better health care. Just like in Washington, D.C., I'm guessing there's probably more doctors per capita in Ottawa than anywhere else in Canada. The same in Washington, D.C., because that's where all the money and power is. So, yeah. Well, you know. all, I, all I can tell you is the city of Peterborough, which is relatively close to where I live, just hired a bureaucrat, uh, what, about a week, week and a half ago to go out and try and find doctors because we're in a hell of a mess here. We are short doctors. And yep. the problem is, as you mentioned, the young doctors coming up, they don't want to work 24 hours a day, seven days a week. They want to work nine to five. We have a real shortage of doctors here. Yep. And so things like the, the uh, Bebtilevimab, you know, the monoclonal antibody that Eli Lilly put out a month or two ago that we're now using for the uh, for the people who have the COVID virus uh, who are yeah. sick but not sick enough to be in the hospital, we can give that to them outpatient three or four hours, and uh, they're done. And the next day, they're almost universally better. I don't even know if you can get it in Canada. Do you guys even have it up there yet? Yes, it has arrived here. But fortunately, I'm very, very pleased to report I haven't had to make use of it. Is, is it fairly, I mean, is it, is it readily available for the folks? I, now, again, I don't know for sure, but I believe it is. Uh, it was in the news, I'm going to say, a month or so ago. And I believe it is available now. But the, the thing you have to remember is here in Canada, we led the league in vaccinations. We were right up there among the top nations in the world. 90% um, of Canadians have been vaccinated for a considerable period of time. So the situation here has not been as bad as it has been elsewhere. But I believe that drug is available. But like I say, thank heavens, I haven't had to make use of it. Well, that's good. I'm glad to hear that. Um, we actually are pretty well, pretty highly vaccinated in the States, too. Remember, though, when you're talking about vaccination, uh, the, the statistics you read are having had at least one shot. So 90% of Canadians have had at least one shot, but for the full dose, it's not as high. It's uh, We're a little bit behind you guys, but we're not that far behind. And especially in Florida, you know, the older population in Florida, the over 65, we're like 95% fully vaccinated. I mean, it's pretty, pretty good. Pretty well, good. I'll, I'll tell you a neighbor of mine, three doors down, his brother, who is I think 80 or 81, got into the COVID thing and boy, it was not pretty. Let me tell you, he just, he just narrowly escaped and he isn't right to this day. And that's one year later. Yeah. It's, it's, it's got, you know, it's, it's a tough virus because it's got a lot of late effects in some people. Yeah. Well, by the way, prior, if, if Canadian or American, if you have the virus and you're down here and you're, you're sick, and I don't mean just a scratchy throat, like I'm seeing with some of our patients, but I mean, you, you know, your fever, body aches and all that. And uh, it's within a few days of symptoms. If you get into the office, I can get you over to the hospital. We can get you the monoclonal antibody therapy. And I believe it's free for anybody. Well, you know the old saying, if it's free, it's for me. Yeah. And all you got to do is, is call us, 727-384-6411, 727-384-6411. And we can... We can have a telemedicine visit, or you can come into the office, wear your mask, please, so you don't scare the little uh, the little animals. They don't want to get it. And uh, 
we'll we'll do a, a rapid COVID test on you and call over the hospital an appointment and you go over there the next day you go into the outpatient area uh, you get the needle in the arm and they run that stuff into your veins and you go home and you're better the next day it's it's a pretty miraculous thing it's impressive well the i can tell i i can tell you that i had uh i've had the triple dose i've had the two shots and the booster i didn't even feel two of them that's how that's how well it was done well, I mean, you should feel it. If you're not getting a reaction, then you're not making antibodies. I've had. Oh no, no, I just mean the injection itself. I didn't even know I had it. Oh, well, that's because. Are you still mad at me about that big hypo I gave you years ago? Or you? <laughs> <laughs> I think that was a six inch, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. So anybody is a little concerned that you know it's painful getting the vaccination. I got news for you, I don't even feel it. In any event, can I just take one minute before we depart and thank all of the Canadian and American listeners who join us for Canada Calling every day. Uh, we've been doing this for a long, long time and it never fails to amuse me how many people tune in every day. Just wanna say thank you to those who take a few minutes out of their day to listen to Canada Calling. And it's a, it's a pleasure to be on with you. And like I say, Dr. Bill is the only the only MD I know in Florida that people talk about up here during the summertime. And prior, what amazes me is it's not just Ontario. It's not just the Maritimes. I mean, in Vancouver, they know my name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you're, you're basically a worldwide phenomenon. I got a couple of people in China that listen to me. <laughs> Holy moly. <laughs> but I have been banned. Now, remember, I'm banned in Iran. Syria and Cuba. So uh, if you're in Iran, Syria or Cuba, you're going to have a hard time getting me. Yeah, well, our, our our deputy prime minister, who is of Ukrainian descent, was banned by Putin a number of years ago, and she wears it as a badge of honor. Well, we're getting close to the end of the show, folks. Prior, thanks for coming on, and I love you guys. Oh, we didn't. Hey, Ken, we didn't do the, the, the mugs. Do the mugs. Oh, we, well, we're out of time for a question. We'll get them next week. We'll do two next week. Next week. All right, everybody. Love you guys. I'm going to get out of here. Hear a little, a little music. Thank you for listening to Dr. Bill, your radio MD. Join Dr. Bill every Sunday morning at 9 for more insight, information, provocation, and fun. Dr. Bill Handelman practices in St. Petersburg, Florida at Bay Area Medical Can Care Clinic, 6399 38th Avenue North. For your convenience, telemedicine appointments are available. Call his office today at 727-384-6411. That's 727-384-6411. Or visit his website at cancareclinic.com.